What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at writingbycolby and at popcultures.com. What's up, everybody? It is David. You can find me on Twitter at dravero1222. And uh, yeah, I don't know. My week has been unsubstantial. I, I, I don't know. I've, it's been just kind of like a bleh week. Well, I mean, there's been, you know, things that have happened that I'm sure we're not. I was going to say, I don't know if unsubstantial is the word to describe your week, no matter how That's your individual week. My was. individual I mean, week. It's been a highly unremarkable week by everyone's standards, obviously. Fair enough. <laughs> well, hello again, everybody. It's your boy Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Hey, everybody. It's Aaron. Uh, this is our first podcast that we are recording via Discord. Uh, you're welcome for that. If it does not work, do not blame me. Blame Craig. Uh, he's our new intern. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. David, I'm just glad you got it through the week, bud, because it looked like you were struggling on Twitter. <laughs> David is the most extreme doomsday tweeter that I know. I am a I'm a doom tweeter, hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I recognize it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, have, I'm just glad you got through the week, bud. I have no delusions, and you know, after that first day, like that first night, like on Tuesday, like I was just tweeting through it, like I was just trying to tweet my way through it, like I was just down Tuesday. Bad, uh. Like Wednesday, a little bit more, and then like I had one more Doom tweet. I think maybe like Thursday, but they waned <laughs> off. It waned off later in the week. That first day sorry. was bad. I just choked on my water. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Rona, I swear. <laughs> David, I wish, I wish we would have talked about the election before it happened because it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I didn't know what to think. Uh, um, I was not as confident as some people in certain aspects, and I just did not anticipate the mail-in ballot thing. But you know, that's just me. I'm. That's what I was like. Yeah, on on Tuesday, it's going to look like Trump is winning because you know who's more likely to stand in line in a crowded room um, to, to vote for somebody. Yep. Um, yeah, it went about how I expected. Um, anyway, I don't think that's very interesting. Honestly, I don't think it's that interesting to talk about. I'd rather talk about something else. <laughs> um, like Carolina being on its way to maybe a state championship. We got to be, we, we got Wake on. On, on on the docket next, but and uh, don't do let any other NC- um, sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah, that that's gonna be the the trap game, you know. Uh, but yeah, Duke, we beat them down. What was the score? They scored like three touchdowns. We scored a lot more than that. A lot to a little. Yeah, yeah. It was fifty six to twenty four. We started the game six of six. That in that in what. We scored on all for all six of our drives. It wasn't even that game. close. Like, like it's it wasn't even as close as the score indicates. Like it was, we had like forty something in the first half, right? Forty. It was forty-two. Yeah. Did we get thirties or half? Forty-two ten. Yeah. So it was the Javante Williams show. He uh, is constantly surprising me with how just he is bullying everybody in front of him, you know? He simply he, uh, does not go down on first he reminds, of, he, he reminds me of Derrick Henry a lot, but I don't know what his NFL comp would be, but I, I would not doubt the fact that he'll be playing on, on Sunday. Oh, yeah. He's leading the country in, is it total touchdowns or rushing touchdowns? I think rushing. Total, I think. I would probably say total, total just because he's caught so many receiving wise as well. He has said. Well, I presume you mean total as in like among running backs, because I don't think that he yeah. has the yeah among running backs, not counting quarterbacks. No, I think the um, only one anywhere near him right now is Najee Harris. Right, and 
that's not to say that Michael Carter is bad or easy to take down either. Like he had that one incredible broken tackle to score a touchdown in the first half as well. Truck somebody right in the end zone. It was Michael yeah. Carter on Michael Carter crime. <laughs> I know Michael Carter who actually caught a pick <laughs> for Duke. I think. Um, oh no, God, he did, he get, that was a bad pass by Sam. But that was, that was probably the only bad thing Sam did all day long. It was a, a much better outing. We we're, we seem to do really well coming off a loss. That's at least the uplifting thing that they um, don't let that get down and and you know kind of keep morale down and it was a good response and especially against the rival. Um, again, these are emotional games and you have to get up for them and you kind of can normally you throw away the records, you throw away the talent in a rivalry game, but it was a clear gap in talent in this game. Duke's not, not, not good. Did it feel emotional to you? Not really. No, because we put it, we literally won the, in the first quarter. We put up 28 points in the first quarter. Duke scored 24 in the entire game. So it didn't feel as emotional as it normally would. There really was kind of how the state game was, despite the fact that it's a rival game. There was, it was not really chippy, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we came out blazing from the start and we took away the fight that they could have had before they had a chance to have it. And that's what we needed to do against Virginia. That's what we needed to do against Florida State. If we do that, we're probably um, undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. But we're not. We are 5-2. and two. We have beaten both in-state opponents with another one. Uh, we had, what, four straight rivalry games uh, with Wake Forest. I guess if you want to call Wake Forest a rivalry game, it's an in-state game. It's we had one, one rivalry game and three rivalry games. Four games. I did air quotes for the, those who cannot see my camera. Nonetheless, important, especially from a recruiting aspect. What did you say, Colby? Oh, you were saying something. Oh, I just said four four games where you had to to chuck the records. I was just trying to. I was trying to. I was trying to appeal to your sense of uh, rivalry, but <laughs> yeah, four games I where didn't... at least one fan considers it a rivalry game. I'm a little worried about next week, tiny bit. I think Wake Forest is the best team that we face since Virginia Tech. So I don't. I just hope we come out similarly as we did for this game and kind of try to put it away early. Yeah, I mean, I would say at the beginning of the year it looked more like a pretty easy game, but they. They did start out rough, but now they've won, I want to say, their last four in a row now. So they're definitely on a hot streak. Dave Clawson's going to have them ready. Yeah, oh, Dave yeah. Clawson does not come in unprepared. It will be uh, good to have it in Chapel Hill with our 7% fans and cardboard cutouts, including yours truly. <laughs> so before the podcast, we were talking about Carolina's path to the ACC championship game, if there's a path to the ACC championship game. And it seems like that was ruined by Notre Dame last night, um, the game that ended in a super spreader event. That is the best I have, I have seen Ian Book play. I think as far as his collegiate career i have not seen ian book play a better game also they have seventeen thousand tight ends at Notre Dame. did y'all get they it like all come from pittsburgh too they got yeah. big old catholic boys coming to notre dame did y'all get the very to end any of it? yeah i caught the very end i did catch the end like uh right as clemson tied and going into the overtime i did not watch any of it Clemson's defense is finally starting to show signs of attrition. Like you can tell that they have year after year after year lost people to the draft. And it's finally caught up with them because their secondary is not good. They don't particularly tackle very well back there. And a lot of times their Notre Dame's running backs were getting to the second level and just like breaking tackles. And 
it might be too late in the year to fix that, but also it's Clemson. Like they're going, it, it's not like a bad defense, but they aren't as good as they have been. So it's going to show more when you play a good offense. And that's perhaps more frustrating now because had we made the ACC championship, I would take my, I would take our offense any day. And if we lose, we lose, but I would feel very confident in our offense. Right. Yes, no, that, that Notre Dame performance was outstanding. That Notre Dame team is going to beat us. That's just a better team than we are all around. No, don't, cat, don't count your chicken, chickens before they hatch. I, I <laughs> you know, I, I, I have faith in our offense. Um, our defense, eh, you know, maybe it's a shootout, you know. But I get what Matt's saying. I think saying. it's a run defense. Mav, I agree that that Notre Dame team, we are not beating that Notre Dame team. The Notre Dame team that won 12 to 7 against Louisville, I think we can beat that Notre Dame team. It just depends on, I, that, on who we get. That is that also day. possible. Not, I don't want, mean to put anything into the, put any evil on anybody, but given how, how the ending of that game was with fans on the field, um, if test results came in about Wednesday, that's about a 10 day suspension and that's could come very well and might very well at least some players could very well impact our game quick quick note quick note you were talking about their run defense and and how they handled etn and my counterpoint to that is that they don't have the best running back in the country (laughs) it it just remains to be seen though because yeah, I, we have the best running back duo in the country, but if they stop them... I was going to say, they don't have either of the top two running backs in the country. <laughs> if they stop them, though, we're in trouble. Then Sam is slinging it. He's throwing he's throwing it on the table and saying, look at it. <laughs> Next no, I, 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 the whole thing was is that it was the ruining just because how I see it. Clemson now has the loss. Notre Dame remains undefeated. I think we really needed... Clemson to pull out the win against Notre Dame because I do not think Clemson's losing another game. So they're winning out. They're, that's one spot. Notre Dame's now undefeated. We have two losses. The In theory, it would have came out that Clemson beat them. They have one loss. They play us. They get two losses. We are tied, and we have the game-tying win because we beat them, and then we go to the spot. That that last night muddies that, unfortunately, a little bit where we're going to need some luck to come our way because we're not even talking about Miami still, which also only has one loss. So that's another roadblock as well. We have to have some stuff going our way, and we have to basically win out. So let me throw this wrinkle into what you just laid out. Next week, Notre Dame goes to Boston College. I don't think that's a gimme. Whatsoever. Well, also, I don't think um, Bill Jerkovich Jer- um, revenge game against Notre Dame. You're not wrong there. And like I said, I'm not saying that Notre Dame perhaps could, has still some challenges ahead of them. But again, if they're playing like that and not like the, the Louisville game, they're probably going to win out too, unless they play, unless we get them. But it, it, like I said, worst best case scenario, if we beat them and they still win out, they're still going to the championship because they only have one loss. Right. So we need help. Are we going to get help? Uh, no. But you never know. We will see. What else happened in college football this week? Liberty beat Virginia Tech. <laughs> the Blue Boys. Again, it's very hard to fire someone this year, I think. Justin Fuente. Um, that wasn't good. Yeah, that was. Oh no, there was, was a coach actually, that we oh, yeah. talked about last. The coach that we talked about last week that I feel like after this week you could maybe justify hiring a little bit more. More than Fuente, you think Harbaugh? You can justify. I don't know about more than Fuente, but I'm saying like I feel like I think that with each case, with each week, there is more and more of a mounting case that you could fire Harbaugh and be justified. Matt Collins, touchdown. Oh, good for him. Like moss. Like a moss touchdown. They lost to the Hoosiers, which 
is actually turning out to be a really good team. So that's not a, a, a top 10 Indiana yeah. team. That's, that's not a not. Okay, just, yes, but it's still you, Indiana. When someone says like, uh, yeah, when, when you hear Indiana football, you're like, what? Is that not? They're a basketball school like us. They're not supposed to be good. And they're practically beating the brakes off of Michigan. It's, it, it'd be different if it was like a close loss and it just luck went Indiana's way. Indiana beat the brakes off of them with all intents and purposes. It was not close. So that was something that I brought up last week is should Harbaugh. And I get it. He has the notoriety, I think, that it can bring talent to Michigan. But has he done with it? And sure, Big Ten team, I mean, Michigan still, they've had, did we not say that he's had like two 10-win seasons? Um, I don't think he's really went under eight wins, but like once or twice, if any. But at the same time, you are consistently and hasn't for that that matter, beaten Ohio State since he's been there. He's losing to Michigan State, which which many people did not think is a better team than Michigan this year, particularly. So, what's the point of? In, did we go over that scenario that I put in the group, or did we put that on air? What scenario was that? So, and we can ask the people too. Would you rather go ten and two? Oh yeah. Losses come to your rivals every year, or would you be a six and six team? You can plus or minus two every year, but you do consistently beat your rivals. We talked about that. We did talk about it last week, and I think with college football is so hard because those two games take you out of the national title race. Quite certainly. And so, and not only that, it's your rivals that are taking you out of the picture. Imagine if every year NC State beat us on the way to the ACC championship game. I wouldn't be able to take it. I would be on Team Fire Roy. <laughs> because, yeah. For t- because if you're not the five or six teams that are just consistently in the, the playoff chase every single year, it's the sort of thing where just beat your rivals. You, it's fairly a, a – go to the bowl game, win your bowl game. That's pretty much a successful season. And but what if one of your rivals is one of the five or six teams? Like, uh, it's hard because I agree with you, but on paper, are they going to do better than Harbaugh? And is anyone going to do better than Harbaugh against Ohio State when Ohio State's one of those five to six teams? Like, you shouldn't be losing to I'm not sure how you do worse. How can you do worse than Harbaugh's done against Ohio State? He has not beaten That's true. Ohio State That's once since he has become true, the coach of Michigan. I, 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 so, it's hard. It's hard. Because, yeah, like, no matter what year it is, no matter how good Indiana is, I just don't see a loss against Indiana as excusable. But, like... I don't know. I don't think that there's another coach out there that is going to put them in a better position than he puts them in. But also sometimes you need a different face. Yeah. I'm, I, it, I think it should be a thing where it doesn't have to be a mainstream or an up and it doesn't have to be a Lincoln Riley or someone that has notoriety, find a new person, find that next up and coming young, young coach that's unknown and make him known, make him famous. You know who it's going to be? They've Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Dave Clawson. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Dave Clawson. No, Luke Fickle, there's no way. Like, Cincinnati's a top 10 team right now. He's not staying at Cincinnati. There's no way he does. You know where he got to start? He had one yeah. year as the head coach at Ohio State. And we <laughs> went 6-7. and seven. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, it was the year after Trestle left uh, when it was the scandal year. Side um, note, I'm still here. I'm just stretching because I'm old and my back hurts. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know, Mav. Like, like, would you want Carolina to hire Shaka Smart straight out of VCU? Because Michigan is on that. Like, like, obviously, since they had Lloyd Carr, they haven't been like they haven't been really a championship contender. 
Aaron, you I, weren't here uh, when when Shaka like, Smart was winning at VCU. There was a vocal contingent of Tar Heel fans saying maybe at, maybe we should take a look at Shaka Smart. I remember. <laughs> like I I just think if you're that blue blood school, you you're not the one that's taking the risk on the coach. You're taking them after they've established themselves one step after they are the taking the risk on the unproven guy. You remember when we wanted some of the, one of the Millers? Don't oh, put that evil um, on me. I didn't want him. Well, I say we as a collective, we like like Archie or Sean. Yeah, exactly. Sweaty one and sweaty two. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I thought you were talking about um, Wes. Um, no, 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 no. UNCG. I was like, I, I, I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be fine with him. No, 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 no sorry. <laughs> I had to clear. I should, I should have clarified. No, not Wes Miller. I was talking about Sean or Archie. Yeah. yeah. And then NCC wanted Archie, I think. Oh, State really Ken. wanted Archie. They got Mr. Keats. They got a winner instead. I've, I've always said our next head coach is sitting on the bench right now. Oh, yeah. You think Coach his Davis? His name is Eric Hoots. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a joke at Hoots. Thank you for all the food that you've gotten us over the years. We appreciate it. Yes. I presume you mean Coach Davis then, Mav? I would definitely say so. If not, and then down the road, Kendall Marshall. Or I was going to say, yeah. I don't know about Sean May being a head coach, but I think Kendall Marshall is probably the he's coach. He's going to be the next coach, Davis. Nah, it's going to be Stack. <laughs> we're, we're, we're bringing Stack in the coach. Yeah, team. Jerry Stackhouse and Rasheed <laughs> Wallace are going to be the dude. Our team is throwing hands every game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I was just looking no, at I think, I think potentially, I think Wes Miller could, if he continues to improve and continues to show like what kind of talent he can bring and how to develop players at UNCG. He might not come to us immediately. He might take another kind of more power not power five offer, uh, mm-hmm. then come to Carolina afterwards. I think it's all but. The next hire is coming from within the family. Like it, we are. I don't think we're gonna reach it and get somebody who has no ties to to Carolina. I think no. after the Larry Fedora experiment for major programs, they are not going to find someone who has no affiliation with UNC. No. Mm-hmm. Roy literally won't hire anyone that he has not coached at this yeah. current moment because he wants them to know what he does. And so, because North Carolina is a system and has always been a system team. Mm-hmm. But the more that if one and done's kind of fade away, or if they're less and less one and done's, and the, the elite high schoolers start going to the G League or straight to the league, the value of having a coach that can develop players like a Roy Williams or like a coach K or like a Wes Miller or like these, um, these mid major coaches who are like consistently good. I can't think of Dayton's coach off the top of my head. Like those are going to be the coaches that are the most, I mean, not K or Roy because um, they're, they're kind of getting up there, but those mid major coaches who can consistently win with four year players, those are going to be the ones that are going to go first to, to the high major programs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, something that I have thought would be an optimal situation to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen, is Coach Davis goes somewhere and is the head coach uh, at like a Power 5, Power 6 program for a couple years before he takes over, because being an assistant at Carolina is the only coaching experience that he has. Um, And I think it would be nice for him to get head coach experience somewhere. Here's where I'm going to push back and don't laugh at me. he is or was, I, I'm not sure if he still is, the head coach of the JV team. Yeah, he is the head coach of the JV team. Uh, he and Coach Fred alternate, I'm pretty sure. And him kind of fostering those relationships and like carrying them through the varsity team, I think that is very valuable experience for a head coach to have. Even though like the JV team is blasting everyone who they play, 
but still, I, I think it's good experience to coach those types of players who don't have the God-given talent of a Caleb Love or a Dayron Sharp. Mm-hmm. Also, it's getting to be time we should start talking about basketball. Yeah, but we, we don't start, have a schedule start yet. Show planning um, in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> if only we had a schedule. So, yeah. So last year, uh, so yeah, Coach Fred and Coach Davis alternate uh, the JV team. I'm looking at their roster right now. But in 2019-20, Coach Fred was the head coach. Should we let's take this moment because I. I'm going to keep it 100. I did not watch a bunch of NFL today. Um, you the want to talk on the bye week. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, I feel like last year and I think the year before we did like the who's going to be like the best player, who's going to be like the standout, who's going to be a disappointment. Y'all want to do that again? Like right now during the pod? Should we do oh, that? <laughs> Let's do it. Matt, do you remember what all the stuff was? Like from the categories that we did last time? Yeah. So I think I would say like best overall player, maybe best first year player, and maybe biggest disappointment. And then maybe fourth being X Factor. Gotcha. Um, I'm so proud of myself that I nailed um, Christian Keeling. <laughs> last year. Hey, I did, then he ended up turning around. <laughs> I'm not proud, but I did get Nasir as the disappointment. I, I think know. I did I th- He was hurt. I think it's a little... I get why you would... I get it, but I also think he was hurt, so it was like, I don't know. He just wasn't a fit with that team. Yeah. I think with this team, he would play very well with, with this upcoming team. Anyway, let's start mm-hmm. with um, best best player. Aaron, what do you think? I can, go ahead. No, uh, David, Aaron, I think Garrison best. Brooks. I don't think that's a hot take. Look, I think that we yeah, all expect think... him to eat this year. Yeah, we we all agree. It's it's Garrison. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him. And too, so let's go to um, David, who's eager. Who do you think <laughs> is going to be the surprise of this team? Well, I, I don't know. It's not going to be a surprise to me, but I feel like people that haven't been keeping up with, like, recruiting, and they, they're like, when they first see this team, like, that's the first experience with them. I think they're going to be surprised at Dayron Sharp. Um. I think that he is going to like he already looks like the strongest dude on the team coming in from high school. Um and I think he's going to do well with Garrison on the block. Um and I think we're back to the place where we have the depth, hopefully, I pray, with barring injuries, having depth in the front court. I was going to say so. I feel like this is the first team since 20 20- Seven, the 2016-2017 season where we are at two deep Twin Towers territory. Because you think about, you got Garrison's the obvious start. You got Mondo and Dayron, who will probably be alternating at the five. You've got Kessler at mm-hmm. the four. He'll be at the four, probably, even though he's what? He's a seven-footer, isn't he? Who is uh, Kessler? Yeah, he's seven-one. Yeah, he's seven-one. Yeah, he's seven-one. But he'll be at the four because he's got this. He's got the shooting. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's like he fits the Luke role out of the 2017 bigs. I would say, right? Where he's um, like the stretch. And then you know you got Sterling Manley, who's a wild card. You know we don't know whether he's going to be solid or not. You know his freshman year, he looked like he was poised to be one of those Bryce Johnson types. Last year, he's dealing with injury all year. Um, so I don't I don't know what to to make of that, but as far at least we're we're at least too deep, which makes me happy. And so we can play that don't big, forget, that big. Don't forget the best senior big on the team, Walker Miller. How did I know you were going to say that? Well, because that's the only one left. 
a seed. So when healthy, we have six pigs that we can rotate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like five, with the five, depth that we should at have. At this moment, we can play. With the depth that we should have, obviously, you obviously losing Huff sucked, like no matter what. But like he probably wouldn't have had minutes with the depth that we have. Oh no, he'd be rolling with Blue Steel. I have no yeah. clue who Blue Steel is going to be this year because besides like Creighton Lebro and um, yeah, do you do you so want my predictions for Blue Steel or should we save that till after? We'll save that till after. But who is your surprise? Do you think? I don't know. So, like, obviously for the people who keep up pretty heavily with what's been happening, like, De'Ron Sharp's the popular pick. But I kind of want to pick a guard. But I'm torn between if I, like, I, I don't really know what to expect from how many minutes they're going to give Puff Johnson. But it sounds like he's very similar to his brother. But I also think Anthony Harris is going to be really good when because he, he's he was good in the flashes that we saw of him, and once he's back, I think he's going to be really good, really good relatively. Like he's obviously not going to be a Kobe White territory, but I think that he's going to be like a Kenny Williams yeah. type defensive anchor for the team. So for those that listen to the Carolina Insider with Jones and Adam, uh, it. Cameron actually came on this past week as one of the guests and was talking about Puff, in which he said Puff, day one, is a already a better rebounder than he is and is a more aggressive at the basket than he is. Yeah, I think if they give Puff minutes, I think that he's going to impress a lot of people. Because the archetype that he fills along with his older brother is a very, very dangerous archetype. Mav, what do you think for a surprise? So I'm, I, I'm glad Aaron said it because Aaron and I are on the same wavelength. I was going to say Puff, but now just for variety, I'm kind of torn now. Like, well, I think surprise, it's what was your projection versus what your can bring. And so I was probably going to say RJ Davis if I didn't have Puff, just because I think of all – because. On the tier we had, I think Caleb's still above Dayron just because of pure ranking and or at least notoriety. And then Dayron second, and then RJ is probably third, even a little bit ahead of Walker at this point in terms of notoriety. And mm -hmm. everything coming out of practice saying is that he has a Joel Berry gene in him. He's very much a attack the basket. He's going to. He's very shifty. He can shoot really well, and his chemistry with Caleb Love is going really well. I, uh, but I still think he's very high, and so I don't know how much. I think I'm going to go with our last recruit to commit to us, and I'm going to go with Mr. Kerwin Walton. He stole mine. I was looking at the list. I, I think Kerwin it's interesting Walton. because we have, what, four first-year guards? On the team? Yeah. I mean, unless you count Lebo, but, like, Lebo's blue steel, so... I'm not counting him. We have four first-year guards, and they all are good. Like, granted, we don't have much guard depth outside of them, but they're going to get a lot of time. Yeah. They are going to get a bunch of time. Another trend, Adam interviewed Kerwin this week for GoHeels.com, and basically what the team said about him, he's quiet and he gets buckets. I'm fine with that. Yep. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, there's so, always the it, concern. We have seen the concern with Kenny Williams um, when it's like, oh, it's a shooter. They're going to come out here and get buckets. And then the first year, um, he might have to cut that out for a while. Also, to <laughs> yeah. Also, our, our senior guard this year. Yeah, which... <laughs> Apparently, in practice, Andrew Playtex playing very well. So, what's good to hear? I hope we want him to succeed. Yeah, I want him to be good. <laughs> and I, I feel like I was an Andrew Playtech defender last year. I think he gave us some really productive defensive minutes last year. Scrappy Drew. Scrappy Drew came through. Um, I don't really see any potential 
disappointments right now. Last year, I was able to come in hot with, um, oh, I said his name, Christian Keeling, just because of how I saw him at late night. But there was no late night this year. So, I don't know. If y'all don't have anything. I think I do. I might step on some toes. I feel a a hot take. Armando? Ooh. You think he... you think he take a step I, back? I think it's there is a very strong chance Dayron takes his job by January. Oh, I also think there's a good chance that happens, but I don't think that's going to be Armando's fault. I think from what I'm hearing, but, it just sounds like Dayron's that good. But again, I think it can just turn out. Again, it's the whole thing of what you're anticipating out of them versus what they actually get, whether to no fault of their own, but nonetheless. Now. If if it's if it's the same Armando from last year, who we saw struggle with physicality at the rim, I think and, that he's going to end up getting booted. But I want to give him at least the benefit of the doubt of improving and strength and getting some strength on him in the off season. So I, I wouldn't call it yet, but I, I I don't think you're wrong if that makes any sense, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had, to, I had to shake things up a little bit, you know, ruffle some feathers. Fair. But All right. We'll see. It, am I missing a category or just one X factor? An X factor. Like, this person is going to determine the long term success of the team this year. Like, if but this not person is the best player. That's correct. Yeah. This, if this person's on, it's going to be really hard to beat us. Uh, yeah. It's going to be like it was a couple of years ago. It's going to be number one. Gonna be leaky. Yep. I think. I think that is probably my answer I, as well. I think. I, again, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think that he's the one that he he's the Theo of the team. Like, <clears throat> I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. How he goes is gonna. If he plays really well, the team's gonna be really really good. If he plays bad, we're not gonna be bad. We're just gonna be not nearly as good of a team. We have so I'll much depth take. at guard now that he does not have to be – he doesn't have to play the one anymore. If you can let him be a, a wing player, let him be a forward, like imagine him in the middle of the Syracuse zone, like when Theo would like pop mm-hmm. into the middle of the zone. Like yeah, has, I was going to say that's where he's going to – that's where he's going to be best is as a secondary ball handler. You, ball handler. You don't want him being the one taking the ball off the floor. You want him – being the one that you pass the ball and the offense shifts around him and you force the defense to move. Right. <laughs> Can I go hot take? Yeah, sure. And say that, uh, I, I, like, I think we're in agreement that Leaky is that person. I will say that for I'll, I'll go in another direction and I'll say I think Caleb Love is the X factor. Yeah, um, I think that's a good second option because that's your point guard. Yeah, Carolina needs a good point guard to be successful, and he, and he and he's unknown. Like he's kind of straddling that line where he doesn't have the the expectations that Cole Anthony did, but he is he's not also like for some reason not like was not like super highly touted. Like he's a five star guard, but I feel like I didn't hear much about him. Like I feel like he didn't get the same kind of hype train. But I think that he has a lot of potential to be the guy that really drives this team forward if he's as good as I think he's going to be. And I have really, I, I do think that he's going to end up being a good, a good point guard. Eric Ebron hurdle for the um, go ahead touchdown. I saw that. <laughs> and he did should we predict? Here's what I'm thinking for starting lineup. I think we should do a day one starting lineup and like a middle of ACC play starting lineup. Ooh, I got to bust I out think- the, yeah, I'll give you all time to to find the the roster. But here's what I'm thinking. I think Caleb Love is going to get the day one start from at point guard. I think it's going to be day one. I think it's going to be Andrew Playtech as the two. You know, Roy loves his experience. Mm-hmm. At the three, we're going to have Leaky Black. At the four, we're going to have Garrison Brooks. And at the five, day Ron. Sh- uh, I don't know. That's where I don't know. <laughs> he, he likes the experience. 
he likes the experience. So I think Armando. Let me. But I actually is, did write is, this down. Is is Armando that experience like? He has a whole year of ACC play against uh, then um, a whole year more than Dayron Sharp. So that's true. I think by the middle of ACC play, I'm still going to say Caleb Love at the one. I'm going to say Anthony Harris at the two. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to play early in the season. I can't wait to get him back because I love his energy. Um, but I'm just I'm just not sure what his recovery is like so far. Uh, still leaky at the three, Garrison at the four. And I think by the middle of ACC play, like David said, I think it's going to be Dayron at the five. I can I can go next. I, I, I've pulled it up and I've thought about it a little bit. Um, kind of like you, I think Caleb Love gets the start at the one. I do think, however, that he is going to actually be – he's going to do a lot of splitting time between the one and the two, like so that RJ will get time at the one, like pretty significant minutes at the one while Caleb is, is the two guard. Um, you think so? I think it would be the other way around. Yeah, I think especially in practice, RJ has been playing the two actually more. Despite has he been playing? Okay, so then maybe reverse, maybe reverse yeah. that then. Um, personally, if he's healthy, I still think that I still think that Anthony Harris gets the start over over An- Andrew uh, Playtech. Um, at the three, I've got Leaky. At the four, I've got Garrison. At the five, I do have Armando starting the year. And mid-year, I have Caleb still at the one. Uh, I still have Anthony Harris at the two. I have Leaky. And uh, basically, my only change is that Dayron is at the five um, mid-season. This is all contingent on health, obviously. So Right. But I think Anthony Harris is talented enough. And quite frankly, like, Andrew Playtag is a shooter. He's like, he's a shooter. But... He hasn't been that great of a three-point shooter, so I, I don't know. Like I don't know if you can put them. I like he's good, he's decent enough defensively, but I don't know how you can stick him on there and not get any offense from him. Yeah, I just can't reconcile I, with the fact that he'd be starting at the two. I agree. Like I, I'm a big Andrew Playtech fan, but I just don't see with how much talent we have at the guard position how he has a spot in the rotation by midseason. I think that he might be a starter because he's a senior and he's experienced, but I just don't think that he brings enough talent offensively to the team to offset his. All right. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't bring enough talent offensively to make it worthwhile to have him in the rotation long term. For mine, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, no, I think I only have basically one change, and that's that Baycock starts the season and they run comes in in the latter part. I still have Playtech even staying at the two. I think to everyone's potential chagrin, even. Like I feel like that was that will be a thing where everybody's like, oh, like please start RJ, please start Anthony Harris instead. But I think um, I mean I hope Playtech just comes out lights on fire and has a heck of a senior year. I just we all want we, we don't have to be good. we don't have enough of a sample size to to say otherwise at this point, but I still think he just stays out there just for the senior leadership aspect of it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I feel like Nate Brett started several games in 2017 and we were just like, Oh yeah. But to be fair, had, in 2017, but, you, had the, you had Theo and or Kenny injured for the majority of the season. And I do yeah. think that Nate Britt is better than Andrew Playtech. Yeah, I still think too that RJ will get a, a lot of minutes, and that's what everybody's saying. It's it's like almost it's kind of scary how many how much Marcus Page, Joel Berry vibes there are because Caleb is the taller combo guard esque that will still probably play the one. RJ to Joel being the shorter one, but playing the two guards. RJ being the bruiser, Caleb being the more finesse. Should we save the rest of our basketball takes for, I guess, next week? Do we want to talk about who Blue Steel is real quick? Sure. I don't have any takes about that, but go for it. So I'm just going through right now. So I think that there are four that are for sure. The Those four being uh, 
Creighton Lebo, KJ Smith. How do you say Du Ferris? I don't know how you say his name. Uh, uh, D-U-W-E Ferris. He's a sophomore from Charlotte. I think he. Um, I think he's our JV like call up this year. Got it. And Ryan McAdoo. I think that those are the for sure four. Um, and then the fifth. I mean, I. Walker. It's probably. It's yeah. It's probably Walker. I'd say it's either Walker or Sterling. You don't think Puff gets any time with Blue Steel? I think that Puff could find his way in the rotation. I do, but you know how he like you know he sometimes he'll put like somebody who can who knows what they're, like he put leaky sometimes in, yeah in, yeah well I, I it depends are we talking about like when he gets mad and takes everyone out blue steel or end of the game blue steel because those are two different that's fair units yeah. that's say i think the five that i named are the end of the game blue steel but i do think that someone like puff could be in the mid-game blue steel or perhaps mm-hmm. Kerwin. yeah i think whoever gets the least minutes between puff and Kerwin probably will naturally get slid down yeah, I also think that early in the season, Anthony Harris could be the uh, the glue on mid-game blue steel because he's going to be that like stopgap that just calms everything down for the team. No, I'm really not sure what much we else can talk about until there's a schedule. We have like yeah. the CBS Sports Classic, and we have our game against College Charleston, but we have no conference schedule. Or no other otherwise non-conference schedule other than the or how they describe it like the what's the acronym for them that they're calling them this year for COVID that they're multiple member events or something something yeah your Big Ten challenges your CBS Sports Classics all that so we're we're two weeks away from playing and we have no schedule yeah that is kind of nuts isn't it like i, I, I think understand it's circumstances like, in a normal year, in, in a normal year we would, yeah in a normal year basketball season would start like this week right or would it have already started something like that sometime around now and yeah, like i haven't thought about it like season. at all no well i think well, no, because football hasn't even really been pushed back to supplement. Yeah, we just said just starting late. Yeah. And next week we can potentially talk the draft, too. Oh, true. There's <laughs> so much happening. It's like my brain isn't prepared to talk about the NBA draft anyway. I'm about sports stout. I don't know about y'all. Yeah. Aaron, you watch Thor 1, Kenneth Branagh? Yes. Thor? Yeah, I I have started getting into the Marvel movies. I know it's just a little bit late. Um, so far, I have watched Captain America, Thor one, Iron Man one, and Iron Man two. Um, I think my favorite has been Captain America. I feel like that's the most like classic superhero movie out of all of them. Um, I think my second favorite has been Thor because I feel like that's the best plot based movie out of those four. Um, but I think Iron Man is close with those three, those two. And then there's a very steep drop off and Iron Man too. Um, but I'm really enjoying the Marvel movies so far. So now left in phase one, I believe I have Hulk and the original Avengers movie, right? Yes. I have not seen Hulk still. Yeah. I, Avengers 1 is good. I saw Avengers 1 in theaters. I don't remember a minute of it, but <laughs> one of my friends wanted to see it, and I was like, okay. And so I went, and I didn't understand anything. How do you feel about Thor 1? Um, I... I really liked the movie. Um, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of Thor himself at first. Um, but he grew on me as the movie went on. I feel like my opinions of Thor and Loki like were opposites throughout the entire movie. Um, like I liked Loki more at the beginning. Um, and then the more we learned about him, the less I liked him. And the more we saw Thor, the more I liked him. 
I wish they let La- Natalie um, Portman do more in these movies. Yeah, I thought that she was good, but they, yeah, she was just like kind of there. Also, Kat Denning saying "Mia Mia" makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> I think that one of my favorite lines from the movie was my. Uh, what was it? My appetite does not equal ap- apathy or something like that. I identified with that. That's very much me when I get hangry. <laughs> um, I am continuing. Um, my- yeah, I really liked it. It's like it gave me a lot of energy to keep going forward in the Marvel movies because I feel like after I saw Iron Man two, it kind of like took the energy out of my the wind out of my sails because. Uh, Captain America and Iron Man are both like really, really, really good movies, and then Iron Man Two is just very blah, in my opinion. Like Iron Man Two happened. is bottom tier MCU. Yeah. To me. Yeah, like I feel like I if someone said to me, "Let's watch any of the other three again," I would say yes without hesitation. Whereas if someone said, "Let's watch Iron Man Two again," to me. I would suggest a different film. I continued my quest of watching every Christmas movie in the Oddies. I watched Christmas with the Cranks and I hated it. I I hated it a lot. It's a bad movie and I don't want to watch another movie that bad. I'm going to keep going. I don't think it'll get worse in Christmas with the Cranks, but We'll see. That movie made me defend Tim Allen, and I'm mad that it made me do that. Um, does Home Alone 4 count in that or not? Was that theatrically released? I, th- I, I feel like I don't remember. I know I had it on DVD. Let's see. Uh, no, it was a ABC TV premiere. So it would not count. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I'm Gucci. If we're all good to go, yeah, same. then thank you for listening to this episode of Never Made Varsity. We'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>